Let's talk about low-performing employees. I have a lot to say here, so I'll try to keep it succinct, but also provide the most detailed perspective. Variables of a low-performing employee are the following, from my personal point of view. Lack of motivation, they complain often, come up with a number of excuses on a consistent basis. They care a lot about being the sole person that gets the credit. They're late on deliverables. And in many cases, their work has to be either redone, refined, strategized against, and just often just completely scrapped. Now, I think a lot of organizations and leaders look at these type of employees as folks that need to be fired, clearly, folks that need to be um, just frankly removed from the company. I think a lot of a lot of companies honestly have very low tolerance, very low patience for low performing employees like this. But I, I do have a, a different point of view and a different take that I think a lot of organizations to should take seriously, should consider. First and foremost, I believe HR technology is really ramping up to be something that's incredibly useful inside of organizations today. We have learned that you can very seldomly rely on the biased points of views and perspectives of a leader. We have to remember, leaders are human beings. Human beings have spouses, have kids, have their own ego, mental issues, circumstances, stresses, can be overwhelmed. I mean, human beings have a number of variables that can cause them to be an ineffective leader on a case-by-case situation. And human beings also have the ability to have a lot of things going on where that could make them not be the most productive employee. Now, finding the best technology and tools to be able to measure and understand and assess who an individual is from a behavioral perspective, from a capability perspective, and, and measuring that data and comparing that data and analyzing that data contextual to the timing and where the company is and some of the company's priorities over, let's say, the next 18 months, finding tools that can do that is incredibly important, i.e. almost, right? Finding tools that can really understand, okay, right now within, with this particular organization, there's going to be a lot of change for the next six months. We need someone that can deal with that change very easily, someone that does not get overwhelmed, someone that can hear new ideas and not take them not not be offended by those new ideas, not feel like they're being um, talked down to. We need someone that has high levels of innovation, high levels of pattern recognition, whatever the, whatever the behaviors and capabilities that you think you need, right? So how do you understand that? How do you assess that? Do you just go off of your gut or do you put these individuals via a gamified solution, via HR technology and real situations to be able to measure understand and truly analyze how they would and do react in those circumstances and moments that are contextual to where your company is. That's first and foremost. And you'll understand why I'm connecting the dots here and why I'm saying put that first. From there, a simple fix that many leaders and organizations miss are the following variables. An employee could be in the completely wrong position. So when you go through and conduct that assessment, i.e. using LOMAS, and you really figure out different ways to understand their capabilities and their behaviors, you could very easily find out, wow, 
This person should be in a completely different department, a completely different role, because in that department, in that role, things are a bit more predictable. We don't need as much innovation. We need someone that's tried and true. And frankly, we need someone that can really put their heads down for a long period of time without any outside support strategy or feelings. And that's exactly the behaviors and the capabilities that this particular employee is showing. But unfortunately, this human being is in a very high, le high levels of innovation role, high levels of collaboration role, and that's just not who they are today. And there's a number of reasons why that can be, and that's where the one-on-ones come in. They can potentially be not in a very high level of collaborational state because they're just burnt out from a relationship perspective. They're, they're just frankly tired of having ongoing conversations due to some things that are happening in their home life. There's a multitude of reasons that can be leaning towards how this employee is in the wrong position. Number two, could be dealing with uncomfortable team dynamics that are causing a lack of trust, that are causing significant hesitation, that are causing um, employees to second guess those that, are, that they're being led by. I mean, this happens a lot. There's a, there, there was times in my career where if I did not respect the leader at a human being level, it was very hard for me to respect any ideas, points of views, and any sense of direction from that person, from that leader. That's possible. It's very possible. You could have team members that are completely uncomfortable adapting to how things are versus how things used to be. And so there may be a little bit more conversation that need to be made. Maybe you need to reaffirm how this person really connects to the new vision of the company, but I definitely could see how this could drop off someone's overall performance. Leaders cannot be as fluid and flexible as it pertains to their overall leadership style. You see this happen in sports all the time, where certain leaders are put in situations where they're not the best at building, building rapport, they're not the best at understanding how employees want to be talked to, communicated with, workflows, how much they want to be involved in decision-making, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And now that employee is just feeling, frankly, not heard, not recognized, not cared for, and they just feel completely out of place, which inevitably could drop down their performance as well. Maybe this employee is just, frankly, being poorly managed and supported. They don't have enough tools at their disposal. Their manager or supervisor, from a tactical perspective, doesn't have enough background to be able to answer certain questions, give them strategic and tactical uh, direction and thought. And maybe there's a lack of what you all know I've built and developed, a beyond resume um, initiative and, and mode and, and, and implementation plugged in. That's actually very similar to Almas, where maybe the organization and the leaders um, don't genuinely and frankly understand how this person just wants to be involved in every single phase. Their career mapping initiatives, how they want to be involved in designing workflows and decision-making, communication styles, and their preferences and the team size and the type of leaders they work well with and the type of micromanaging moments they'll accept and the type of micromanaging moments they won't accept and all the little nuanced variables that go beyond the resume of what we all see when we're trying to bring a person into the organization. These are all key indicators of how someone could inevitably be turned from a substantial member of the organization to a low-performing employee. This happens day in and day out. And I think a lot of organizations are not paying enough attention. Not enough organizations are utilizing 
their, their budget and their spend to invest in technology and tools that can give you this data. Because I've always said this, and I just said this on a call this morning. The tools that you have, the technology that you have, that's just the beginning. I know a lot of our founders out here, know a lot of our HR tech folks out here believe that the tool is designed to really solve a lot of problems. But in my personal opinion, it's the beginning. It's that first moment. It's the linchpin. It's what connects everything. From there, though, once you have the data, you have to have the capabilities internally from a leadership perspective to hold those one-on-ones, to hold those fireside chats, to have those empathetic, intimate conversations with those leaders, with those employees to really understand where the organization, where the team, where the department can make changes that can actually turn them from a low-performing employee to a high-performing employee. And I genuinely believe all of these things need to be done prior to thinking about suspending, scrutinizing, firing someone that is holding that position. Go through this entire process. Understand the process. Live into the process. Breathe the process. And then from there, if nothing changes, then you can go about your next steps of of uh, what you would typically do with a low-performing employee, but at least you can do so in an equitable, fair, honest, and structured way that has minimal bias. You've leaned into what they want. You've utilized technology to understand the, how they would react in certain situations. And you've considered other factors that may be your fault as a leader of why they could be turning into a bad employee or a low-performing employee. So these are things that I just think, again, a lot of organizations are not thinking about. And I want my managers, my, C- my, my, my CFOs, my COOs, my head of HRs, anyone that's inevitably in a position to manage, lead, or influence a group of individuals inside of a company, think about this. The next time you are considering removing or scrutinizing or making a statement of if someone's a low performer or not a great employee, think about what you could be doing differently, what you could be doing better to make a change. As always, just a few thoughts, just a few perspectives. We'll definitely talk soon.